Hey everybody, welcome back to Sea Road at Home. Today marks the official last week of the year. So many words have been used to describe this past year. Strange, unusual, uncertain, and the ever popular unprecedented. We've taken on new phrases like new normal and COVID smart. Everyday conversations are infused with virus statistics and geographic maps. And the latest news report, our social media feeds are filled with COVID opinion and clever memes just to keep the mood light. Don't misunderstand, there is value in staying informed. However, the heaviness of our 2020 reality and the length in which this pandemic has gone on has infused every conversation. Our conversations at work, around the dinner table, even the socially distant school pickup lines, and even the grocery store run-in with a friend. Our environments have taken on this overarching negative tone. I think, as humans, this is somewhat normal, considered the world we're living in. But as people who love Jesus, we have the power to change the conversation. I'm the oldest of five girls. We're fairly close in age, about six years span between us. And being a part of a big family is fun, it's active, a lot of fun, most of the time. You know, there was this window of time where we were all teenagers. If you have been a teenage girl, have a sister. If you're a parent or a grandparent of a teenager or work with teens, for just a minute, I think you can imagine the intensity that, that could occur in our home. One summer, my mom had had enough. It was a season when we were all facing some sort of challenge, whether it was emotional, financial, relational, or even hormonal. Our environment had become intensely negative. Even my dad was in a funk. I came home one afternoon and realized my mom had declared it Christmas in July. Not only did she put up the decorations and put up a tree, she lit up the whole backyard with Christmas lights. She made a full-on Christmas dinner. And that night, we all ate Christmas dinner in the warm July humid weather. We ate at the picnic table, we had dessert, and we read the Christmas story. We all thought she had somehow lost it, but there was a method to her madness. She changed the conversation. We no longer were focused on our present circumstance and the difficulties we were facing or the pain that we were feeling. We enjoyed time together. Collectively, I think we were all thinking that our mom had absolutely lost her mind, but we hadn't fully grasped the genius of her plan to redirect our thinking from our present circumstance to who Jesus is. He is hope. Our situation didn't change, but experiencing a hope-filled environment set the stage to change our minds. I didn't know it then, but she was actually taking a page from the Apostle Paul's playbook. You see, he used this approach. He writes a letter to his first ever church in the city of Philippi. The people there were referred to as Philippians. 
The Philippians were near and dear to Paul's heart. I think if Paul had favorites, these guys were the ones. He writes them from prison, a literal lockdown environment. In his letter, he encourages them in the midst of adverse circumstances. If you have a Bible close by, join me in Philippians. Philippians is found in the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. We're going to go to chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 to start off our conversation today. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As we take a look back at 2020, our worries overwhelmed us with uncertainty. Fear and isolation have amplified our struggles. We could all easily make a list and easily point out all the things that we've missed out on. We could identify our losses, and we could probably name every single fear. What I love here is that Paul validates the difficulty of the situation. He doesn't brush by it and say, buck up. He recognizes that their pain is real. He quickly gives encouragement and direction. He says, tell God your fears, your worries, every single one of them. Invite God into the doubt and pain and have confidence or trust that he will do something. He tells the Philippians to go on ahead and thank God in advance for what he will do. He is reestablishing that God is trustworthy, reminding them that God is the author of security and safety. It is then that we will receive peace or wholeness beyond what our human minds can process and understand. I think we all have unanswered questions about 2020, the consistency of change, and the ever-evolving restrictions have created this sense of exhaustion. We've literally been having the same conversation for the last 10 months. Our hearts are weighed down. But Paul doesn't stop there. Paul continues saying, God's peace will guard. The word guard also means protect or to take care of. He says God's peace will guard, protect, and take care of our hearts and minds as we live in Jesus. He says his peace will take care of you. Have you ever been in a conversation where you or the person that you're chatting with says, oh, wait, just one more thing? Or maybe you've been writing a letter or a card and you add a PS because there's something you want to say. It's important and you don't want it to be overlooked. Paul does something like that in the next few verses. He highlights what must not be missed. It's our action step to knowing peace and joy and struggle. It says in verse 8, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. 
Keep putting them into practice. All you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the peace, the God of peace will be with you. Paul lovingly calls the Philippians to change the conversation. He urges them to fix their thoughts and adjust their behavior, to focus on the person and power of Jesus, directing their thoughts to what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. So maybe you're a little like me. At times, I anticipate an outcome before it happens. I can create a progression of events and move to the end of the story in a matter of minutes. I begin to feel the intense emotion of my perceived ending. So my whole attitude is set in a particular direction by imagining what would or could or might happen in any situation. So rather than focusing on a solution or a way forward, I experience frustration and even a little anger. I become flustered. But the truth, nothing has actually happened yet. I've entered a mental space where solutions become impossibilities. This is an issue that occurs in, I think, many of our lives outside of COVID and the year 2020. How interesting that Paul is not telling the Philippians what not to think. He's telling them how to fill themselves. He's giving them the tools to live a full life despite how their own logic or personal situation or feeling. There is power in words. God spoke the world into existence simply by using words. I'm fascinated by language and communication. Words paint a picture in our minds, initiating our ability to translate meaning using our unique background, personality, and experience. A word often means one thing to me and yet another to you. So to combat misunderstanding, I often look up words, especially words I struggle to translate from what I think it means to my heart where I live the meaning. One commentator, out, commentator outlines each word, creating the ability to connect to the word and how it's lived out. Whatever is true, meaning not whatever might or could be, the idea of something being genuine or free from error. When we love Jesus, it's our job to measure what we hear and see against what God says in tr is true and determine if it's good. This doesn't mean we don't ever think about things that aren't true. It does mean that we don't live out what's false. Whatever is honorable, meaning to do what fits a child of God. We are all God's creation, and when we choose Jesus to lead our life, we become his son, his daughter. Being honorable is being honest with ourselves and those around us. Whatever is right or just. As we listen and watch the world around us, we need to weigh the worth of the messages we hear and the actions we see against what God says is right. 
How do we find out what God says is right? Spend time reading his word and learning from the people in it. Not because they have it all together, but because they don't. And we have the opportunity to see God move and love in profound and powerful ways. Whatever is pure, pure simply means uncontaminated in thought or action, is what we watch, listen, or do with our time uncontaminated. Does it inspire hope and purity? Whatever is lovely. Lovely is defined as worth the effort to have and embrace. Things that are beautiful, pleasing, and life-giving. Are you participating in what is life-giving? What around you demonstrates beauty? Admirable means of good report. I love good news. (laughs) Things that we praise because they are approved by God. So maybe it's when a neighbor or a family member becomes a follower of Jesus. Or maybe it's when forgiveness is granted. Or when justice wins. Or when a hurting relationship is healed. Paul tells us, think about the things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Fill your hearts and minds with these things. If you've ever gone shopping with a five-year-old, it can be super fun and it can also test your ability to endure and stay steadfast. My five-year-old Samuelito is getting to the age where he's not a huge fan of shopping unless he has the idea that he'll walk away having bought a treat or a toy. The conversation starts in the parking lot and it goes a little like this. Mommy, can we buy a toy? We enter the store, we start moving through the aisles. Hey, mom, can we buy this? We continue to move through the store and he stops me and says, hey, can we just look at the toy section? Like, I just wanna look. My response is often, not today, buddy, or ah, let me think about it. This is a conversation we have regularly. But a few weeks back, he cleverly (laughs) changed the conversation. After he received the dreaded no and the rejection of not buying another toy or a treat, he comes back with this. Well, mom, I sure hope you change your mind. And I am going to ask God to help you change your mind. He was creating himself a window of hope that his shopping desire will be fulfilled, or maybe just living out his charm and tugging on my heartstrings. But the key here is that he knows I have the ability and power to change my mind. In tough times, we can forget that we can use the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us to change our mind. Changing the conversation is a conscious choice to push aside negativity and think about what is good in any situation or in any person. Paul continues and he says in verse 9, Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the peace of God will be with you.
In this final verse, Paul states four places for reflection. What we've learned, received, heard, and saw. In this verse, there is no promise that a life lived following Jesus will be easy or that the changing of our mind will be instantaneous. However, this verse shares with us a promised blessing, a blessing of peace and wholeness for those that walk bravely and in faithfulness through tough times. Recently, I was reminded that we are called to progress, not to getting it right every time. It's easy to be overwhelmed by this idea of redirecting our thoughts. We can tell ourselves that it's taking too long because we want the change to happen immediately. And we give up on ourselves. And we limit our time to grow. The hope-filled expectation that Paul has here is not to practice perfectly, but to practice. We can experience progress and move forward, carrying the tools required to get back on track. Evaluating thoughts one by one, Paul's conversation-changing method. It's similar to a musician, an artist, an athlete, learning a new trade or a new skill, or even an executive. Establishing a routine, a pattern, or increasing a skill level, level requires patience to move forward. When we hold tightly to Jesus as our very own, the Holy Spirit expresses himself as peace rather than fear, providing us the power to change our minds. What do you think our hearts and our homes and our schools and our workplaces might change if we decided to become conversation changers leading into 2021. Okay, so I'm going to share with you this random Desiree fact. I have been a bridesmaid in 12 weddings. Yep, 12 weddings. Just before God brought me my husband Ivan, I was convinced I might actually be the real-life version of the chick flick 27 dresses. The unique opportunity of celebrating in so many weddings was the giving of the toast. I took this task very seriously and I took it to heart. If you've ever given a wedding toast, you may recall, it can be a little nerve wracking. Your mission is to communicate a meaningful summary of your relational history, your connection, and to express hope and well wishes for the new couple as they begin their future and to do it in just a few minutes. These moments allowed me to reflect on a range of emotion, including the ups and downs of both being and having a good friend, and all that our friendships had endured. I wanted to communicate my hopes for them as they moved forward into a new phase of life. So, what if we took a moment this final week of the year to toast 2020? If you joined us in person for Christmas Eve, you received this gift pack with a cup that says, changing the conversation in 2021, toast, cheers, celebrate. And inside the cup, there's this fancy hot cocoa, and there's some information and details about our 28-day challenge as an inspiration to change the conversation in 2021.
Maybe you're asking, okay, Desiree, how do I even start to toast the worst year ever? Well, I think we start like this. I think we start like Paul and we acknowledge our circumstance. We process through the struggle and we feel the pain of loss and compose a toast to the conclusion of 2020. But let's not stop there. Let's take a few minutes and use Philippians 4, 8 through 9 to change our internal conversation, the things we tell ourselves in our mind and in our hearts about where we are and what this year has been and what next year will be. Let's ask ourselves, what have I learned, received, heard, or seen God do in 2020? And then, cheers! Whether you spend time alone or FaceTime a close friend or together as a family, grab a warm winter beverage, whether it's hot chocolate or apple cider, and raise a mug and cheers to 2021. When the clock strikes midnight and we move from December 31st to January 1, I imagine many things will remain from 2020. We'll continue to navigate the effects of this pandemic. But let's launch into celebration, or Paul might say practice, and use the tools that Paul shares and the power God gives us to change the conversation. The next time we're overwhelmed with another change and reminded of all we've missed in 2020, let's focus on what we can still count on and what we can do and who is alongside us doing it. The next time the enemy feeds us a lie or we give in to self-doubt, ask Jesus to show you what is true about him and who he says you are. Let's allow that truth to fill us and dictate our decision-making. When negativity overcomes us and our thoughts are confused, what if we decide to pick up our Bible and ask Jesus to help us understand what he's saying through his word? And the next time the news report discourages us or we receive a bit of bad news, what if we celebrated the endurance and faithfulness of those around us and chose to show kindness to someone? I'm confident that the hope, peace, and joy of Jesus would radiate our homes and our neighborhoods and that all that know Jesus and those who don't yet know him. Here's to 2021. Let's fix our thoughts on the things of 2020 that were true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the peace of God will be with you in 2021. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you love each of us uniquely. You know every part of our stories. You know what 2020 has been like for us. God, we thank you for giving Paul um, the words to share with the Philippians and, and that we, we can take those words and we can apply them to this next year. God, give us the courage 
to change the conversation in our hearts and to change the conversation in the environments that we find ourselves. Allow us to be brave, to trust you, and to draw close to you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.